Hey everybody, it's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to the New Man Podcast. I am so excited to share this interview with you today um, with Jared Lopes. And uh, Jared and I met on a TV set. We were both interviewing, I think maybe we were on a panel together. Um, I actually forget the details, but uh, we honestly, we, we chatted for like maybe maybe three minutes. It was really quick. Uh, he had his son with him on set and um, he heard a little bit about what I'm doing in the interview and he was like, dude, we, we need to connect. And so he interviewed me on his podcast. I honestly had no idea how big this guy was. And, um, and today he's like a titan, yeah, a, tit- a titan in Christian men's ministry. He's just, he's phenomenal. Um, so you're really going to be blessed by this interview. And I do want to read his bio. Um, I always promise my guests that I'll do that, not just because it's good protocol, but you know, if they do it well, which Jared has done well, um, then it really gives you a good synopsis of what he's about. So let me just read this out to you, just so you have an idea of what you're in for. Uh, Jared Lopes is a Christian author, speaker, and the founder of Dad Tired, a nonprofit ministry focused on equipping men to lead their family well. Come on, that's, that's it right there. He hosts the weekly Dad Tired podcast, downloaded over 3 million times by men from around the world. He and his wife, Layla, live in Portland, Oregon with their four children. So um, yeah, actually, even as we were recording, you can see he's like kind of keeping one eye on his kids because he was on dad duty while doing it. So um, anyway, the dude lives his message. You are going to love this podcast episode. Can't wait to get in. Um, And I just want to remind you, if you haven't downloaded a copy yet of the Ultimate Recovery Guide, uh, please, uh, please, please, please do that. It's going to help you tremendously. uh, And you can access that at ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's everything for me for now. Without further ado, let's cue that music and get to the interview with Jared Lopez of Dad Tired. Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. Awesome. Well, I'm here with the legendary Jared Lopes from Dad Tired. Jared, thanks so much for being here, man. Oh, man, that's already quite the introduction. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's good to be with you, man. Yeah, this is so cool. You and I met on the set of 100 Huntley, gosh, it's probably about two years ago now. Yeah. And um, you were, were you releasing a book? Is that why you were on the set? I'm trying to remember yep. now. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, it was book release. And I remember that trip because I had my son with me, which is always really fun. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to comment on. I think it's like the thing that always endears me to people who lead ministries is people who are really like walking the walk, mm-hmm. you know, they're living the essence of their message. And um, it's like, here you are, you're running a ministry called Dad Tired. And your kid is with you, you know, <laughs> yeah. and presumably you were probably tired on the trip, all the travel and everything else. But um, yeah. I love that, man. I really love that. So it was, it was fun meeting you and you generously interviewed me on your podcast last year. Yeah, dude. That was super fun. Yeah. And um, it's just a pleasure to have you. So thanks for being here, man. Oh, man. It's my pleasure. Thanks, dude. Um, I think it'd be fun to just kind of dial back and just talk a little bit about the origins of Dad Tired. Um, you know, it's such an intriguing name to begin with. I imagine every dad hears it and instantly recognizes what you're talking about. But um it's kind of cool because you didn't you didn't go for some sort of gung ho marketing message of like energetic dad like a, a ministry for tired dads or something you know like it's just right there it hits you right away and I love that um, but how did how did this all come about like how did you start dad tired in the first place 
Yeah, man. Well, uh, I had no strategy whatsoever. I was not trying to start a ministry. You know, it, I, I always say like the dad tired name it specifically is probably the um, best unintentional decision I've ever made. Like I hadn't, no, I wasn't trying to at all start ministry. The way it happened was I'd been in pastoral ministry for like, I think 12 years working at a church. And then it was a great, healthy church, wonderful. Um, but I had already always had in my heart to, to plant churches and so I had a friend that was like, Hey, if you ever want to leave this kind of mega established church and help plant churches, we're planting churches and I'd love to have you part of it. So for years, Layla and I, my wife, we prayed about it and ended up going over there to plant churches. We got like a couple months into it and just realized it was a disaster. Like the, it, okay. the, the person that I went to plant churches with, uh, we just butted heads. There was some, um, kind of some moral things going on that I didn't know about until I got deeper involved and it just was a mess, man. Um, so that, that ended really terribly. In fact, um, I'm, I'm trying to give you like the real PG version and like the, the short version, <laughs> but it just ended really terribly. Some really, really hurtful things were said. And so I ended up not being there and it was just, that was the first time since I was 18 that I wasn't in full-time ministry. And I started to spiral out of like control, like identity. I didn't know what my identity was. Um, I was feeling tons of hurt and discouragement and, you know, again, identity like loss and confusion. And so my wife and I, like we weren't, I wasn't drawing toward her. I was drawing away from her in that season. I just was really, I sucked as a husband and dad, just to like put it really frankly. I, I, I was, in a really dark spot. Nobody clinically diagnosed me as being depressed, but I think looking back, like I showed all the signs of depression and okay. laying in bed all day. It was just, it was really bad. Um, and so I actually thought, am I giving you too much information here, man? Is this, Oh, <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. You go for it, man. I just, yeah. You asked a short question and I'm giving you a long answer. <laughs> it, it was a loaded uh, question to be fair. Yeah. I did want to ask where, what's the time frame of this? How long ago are we talking? This was about seven and a half years ago. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I always get confused. Dude, when you, when you start having kids and you're just like, I don't know what, what year are we in, <laughs> you know, it all becomes a blur. But I think it's about seven and a half years ago. And so, um, I thought we were going to end in a divorce. Um, I was already like leading, I was thinking through the practicalities of what a divorce would look like, like who would get the kids, how we were going to split things up. And we had two young oh kids gosh. at that time. And uh, we were fighting all the time. It was just a mess, man. It was, if, if you bring this up to my wife, like now she would still probably cry because it was just such a hard, hard season. Hmm. And so, um, and that was the trajectory of, uh, and the, the track record of every man in my family. There were no men in my family. I had, my dad bailed when I was three. I had no uncles around. It was just like women. I was, I was raised by women. I have three older sisters and my mom. So I was oh like, my gosh. and aunts, you know, like no men around. So I had no, you know, kind of idea of what it looked like to be a man and a faithful man, a man of integrity and none of, no examples of that in my family. So we thought, I thought we were ended in divorce in the middle of that. Uh, we were in the middle of a fight and my wife, uh, we're in our bedroom. We're fighting. She says something to be like, uh, it was a hard thing to hear. And I, I don't remember exactly what the argument was about as most of us can never remember what our fights are with our spouse. Right. Yeah. She said something to me. I could feel my adrenaline start to like kick up, you know, how like, you're like, oh, okay, we're about to fight. Here we so, go. so I, in my immaturity, said something to her on purpose to hurt her. Like I was trying to hurt her. And I said something, it was sharp. And then she started to get tears in her eyes. And I, and again, in my immaturity, I'm like, oh, I'm winning. I'm winning this argument. 
Right. And she looked at me, she like paused and she had tears in her eyes. And she looked at me and she said, Jared, I just want you to know I have been waking up at two in the morning every morning. And I've been going into the living room and I've been begging God that he would draw your heart back to his. And I was like, Oh man, like what do you, <laughs> what do you say to that? You know, like I was ready to fight. I would say, I would say, I would have rather she cussed me out. You know, like I was ready yeah. to fight. I was ready to slam doors and be all macho. But when your wife tells you she's waking up in the middle of the night to pray for you, I'm like, you know, what do you what do you say to that? So <laughs> that was really the start of I think the Holy Spirit softening my heart and drawing me back to Him. Hmm. And um, and again, I know I'm giving you a really long answer here, but essentially what happened is I started to write as a good millennial does process your feelings online. I started to write <laughs> uh, and basically tell, I didn't even have a blog. I had no podcast. I had nothing, but I was just like processing online, basically saying, I feel like I'm a terrible husband and father, but I don't want to be, I want to be the man God's called me to be. And all of a sudden there was one blog that I wrote again. I wasn't a blogger. Nobody read my blogs or anything, but one thing that I wrote ended up going viral by all these mommy blogs. And, and that spurred on thousands of guys starting to reach out to me and saying, dude, I feel like I'm also a, a bad husband and father, but I don't want to be. And that was the start of dad tired. I wasn't trying to start a ministry. I wasn't, I, in wow. fact, I, I was determined to never be in ministry again. I was so hurt by the church. Huh. And, uh, and here we are these years later and it's my full-time job. I always say God tricked me back into ministry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds like yeah. a little bait and switch there. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that was a long oh. answer, man, but yeah, that's, that's how dad tired started. That's amazing. So I guess I'm just curious, like, I'm imagining here you are kind of in this like semi burnt out state still like, Holy Spirit has at least started softening your heart, but there's still some hurts. Yeah. You kind of have this raw, vulnerable blog post go viral. And now you're getting attention. Did it feel overwhelming? Like, was it was it like, no, 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 this is this is not what I wanted here. This is the thing I'm trying to avoid. Or were you ready for it at that point? What was it like? Again, I wasn't thinking through ministry. I wasn't thinking through, I'm going to start a ministry. If you listen back to the first podcast, like the first probably year of podcast, maybe even two years, um, I'm just processing really raw. I mean, I was in the middle of counseling in that, and I was trying to figure out what my own future was. Like I didn't have a real job. I was doing all these side hustles, trying to just figure out how to like keep my family together, keep my marriage together. We were still hurt. So I was just processing. I wasn't thinking at all like, oh, this is a ministry we're going to turn this into a ministry. Right. Um, I was just podcasting because a bunch of guys, we had started a Facebook group. That's how dad tired. The name got started because Facebook said, do you want, how do, what do you want to call this group? And I, as kind of as a joke, I called it dad tired. <laughs> and, uh, and those guys who were part of that group said, Hey, you should start a face or a podcast. And so I, I started podcasting, but it was just really raw. So I wasn't feeling overwhelmed. Like, Oh no, I'm about to be in ministry. I was like, you know, I'm just talking to a microphone uh, to yeah. my computer processing my raw emotions, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. So then your your wife is praying that um, that your heart would get drawn back to God's, and uh, clearly it did eventually. Yeah. You kind of alluded to counseling, but what what did that process really look like? Because I I think a lot of guys can relate to these moments in life, whether it's you know um, furthering their careers, they start having families. A lot of guys come to me getting help once they have kids. It seems like kids just sort of you can like keep things together, kind of, but then that just can throw things out of whack and, um, and life can feel really out of control. So how did, how did you get things back, back on track again? There were, there were two things that I think I felt really convicted by the Holy spirit on during that season. So when my wife says, I've been praying for you that I felt like that just took a, 
a wrecking ball to this giant brick wall I had around my heart. So that was, that started to crumble that wall. And, and during that, I think the Holy Spirit really laid two things on my heart. Um, in hindsight, the first thing was I needed to go to counseling and I had never gone to counseling before. And I do, if we're just honest as men, most of us don't want to sign up for counseling. Cause what I think all of us feel is I already know I kind of am not doing a great job and now I'm going to pay somebody to tell me I'm not doing a great <laughs> job. Like that's what counseling felt like to me. Right. Yeah. Like, why am I going to pay you, you know, per hour to tell me how terrible of a man I am? I already know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you so, slept in the ministry thing. I, I was going to say, I think when you're a pastor, it's that much harder, isn't it? To kind oh, of let yeah. your walls come down. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And this and this particular counselor that I ended up going to had been kind of known as the counselor to counsel the pastors in the lo- in the area. So I was just like, I don't want to do this, man. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I swallowed my pride because I really was like, I got to the point where I realized I have blind spots. Like clearly I'm not, I'm trying to do this on my own and I'm not doing a very good job. So I need somebody who's going to just tell me, uh, you know, where I'm falling short here. So I signed up for counseling. It ended up being really healing and helpful. Um, not at all. Some, I'm, I wasn't at all paying somebody to just tell me that I was terrible as a man, you know? Yeah. So that was a huge part. And then the second thing was I was really isolating myself uh, on purpose from other people, men in particular, but just other Christian community. Uh, we, I, we didn't like hang out with anybody. I, I remember during the season, I told Layla, I think I want to have a hundred people in our house for dinner over the next year. And, uh, and she's way smarter than me. So she's like trying to run the math. She's like, Jared, we can't afford that. It doesn't make sense. It's like every three days, you know, like when, I'm just like, I don't know the math, but I just, basically I just want to have a lot of people in our home Yeah. Um, because I felt really convicted that I was doing too much of life by myself and we were isolated as a couple and I was leading in that isolation. And wow. so she actually bought me a Polaroid camera. Uh, usually it's behind me. My daughter, my two-year-old always steals it now, but it, normally it's sitting behind me kind of as a memorial because um, we took that little Polaroid camera and every time we'd have dinner with couples in our house, we would just uh, take their picture and then hang it on our wall. Oh, and it was wow. a reminder to me and to the kids and to my wife, like if we don't have other people around us, I'm going to end up in the gutter. We're going to end up in the gutter. We need Christian community, people that keep pointing us in the right direction. So wow. those were kind of the two big, takeaways for me in that season. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask a little bit more about both of those. Cause I'm, I'm quite fascinated by them. And I think they're a huge part of guys just getting healthy, you know, and being able to lead their lives and their families. Well, let's talk about counseling a bit. Like what, um, I, I imagine eventually you, you found some comfort with this counselor and all that. What were the major takeaways? Was it just the, the safe outlet? Did you make some discoveries and process some stuff from the past? Or, you know, what was the real actual benefit of counseling? For me in particular, um, I, I didn't grow up with my dad around. So my dad left when I was three. And I would have always said it didn't really play enough. Like it didn't affect me a ton. It's just that's that was the, my reality. My dad wasn't there. And I didn't, I had no context of like how that was shaping my day-to-day decisions. Um, the lack of having a dad around. And, um, and so he, I remember at the beginning, he said something like, you know, tell me about your dad and how that's impacted you or your dad's absence has impacted you. And I was like, what are you talking about? He, he wasn't even there. There was no impact, right? Like it, he didn't impact me because he wasn't there to impact me. And then over like a year of unpacking that I'm like, oh, he like my dad's absence deeply impacted me. And for me in particular, um, 
I, I think that a man's role, especially a, fa- a father's role for his children, is to help shape their identity in Christ. This is who God has made you to be. That's one of the greatest gifts a dad can give to their child. This is who God has made you to be. And there are times where your kids will say, I'm not good at this. My son comes up to me. He's like, dad, I'm not good at baseball. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> you're not, <laughs> you're not very good at baseball. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Cause God made you, he gifted you at all these other things. And what I'm doing is I'm helping shape his identity. Listen, I, I see who God's made you to be. And I'm affirming that in you. And then my right. son doesn't have to go chase identity. Right. Yeah. For me, I didn't have that. A lot of men don't have that. Even guys who have dads around don't, didn't have that. And yeah. so n- what we find is men who are desperately trying to find, figure out who they are. And oftentimes we will associate our identity by what we do, the title on our business card. And that becomes our identity. Or if you don't really like your job, you find some other hobby. I'm the fantasy football guy, or I'm the sarcastic guy, or I'm the, I know everything about cars guy or whatever the guy is that you are. Right. But yeah. we're searching at the, at the root of all of that is a hunger for who am I? Who, like, what is, what is my identity? And so for me, it was really unpacking like, Jared, you've spent the majority of your life desperately chasing identity and trying to find identity and accomplishments and what you can, you know, what you can check off and all the things you can accomplish. And the moment I wasn't able to have the identity of a pastor or work at a church or accomplish anything, I didn't know who I was or what to do. Right. And any guy can relate to that. You lose your job today. Like, who are you? Whatever your job is, you know, who are you? And so really getting back to your sonship, like I, I'm a, I'm a son of God. I am valued by the father, the father that I, I ha, I've had to relearn who the father is. Cause I didn't have a father around, but learning, like I'm a, I'm a son of the most high God. And I, and that alone is enough. And that takes a long time to start to rest in that identity. Yeah. It's beautiful though. Like it's, I mean, that's life-changing stuff right there to go yeah. through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially given your your background, like not growing up with a father, it's fascinating. Mm. So then the other part you said was community. Um, I think guys can relate to to isolating for one reason or another. You know, like you don't even have to go through a big burnout for to find guys who you know just are are maybe not not really that interested in opening up. Um, can you just talk a little bit about like how did you know that you had to get people coming through the door? Um, why did you know that's what you needed to do? And I guess, um, maybe even before that, like, why were you isolated in the first place? What was the, what was the driving cause there? Well, so the, to answer that second question, uh, sin loves darkness. I mean, we, (laughs) I was in a dark spot and, uh, unrepentant and far from my wife and kids. So last thing I want is other people around. I didn't want anyone around, but I especially didn't want Christians around because we love darkness, you know, sin loves darkness. Um, and I never made a conscious decision to, I don't want to be around anyone, but you just start to live a life where you're like, I don't really want to be around any, anyone <laughs> subconsciously. Um, and how I knew I needed to not be in that. I, I think it was just the Holy spirit giving wisdom, but I really believe the Holy spirit's always discipling us. And, and I, I think the Holy spirit is alive and well and, and working in us and shaping our hearts. You know, we were saved and we're, we're continuing to be saved by the Holy spirit and by the good news of Jesus. Yeah. And it's not that we're just waiting for heaven one day, but but that we're we're getting the good news of the gospel shaping who we are and who we're becoming every day as men. And so I think the Holy Spirit was discipling me and um, prompting wisdom in me that I didn't have in myself, which was you need to be around other people. And so, um, yeah, man, we, we got around other people. But and the other thing about being around other people, and th- this is true for Christians and non-Christians alike, like uh, I believe the Spirit is at work in people. 
And so I want to see what he's doing in everyone. So part of that wasn't just to be around Christians. I wanted to be around a lot of Christians, but I also wanted to be around my neighbors who didn't know Christ because oftentimes you can hear how God is working in them without even them knowing God is working in them. And you just get a much fuller perspective of who God is and how big the world is. Dude, we're so selfish as men. Like we're, if, if you are left alone, you start to convince yourself that you are the main character of the story and the whole world revolves around you. And it just right. doesn't like we are, we're here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, we are not the main character. The story moves on without us. Right. Like we, we, yeah. we got, we got to put ourselves back into perspective and give ourselves the right perspective. And, and so just to be around other people was really helping me realize like the world is big and God's doing big things and it's not all about me. And, uh, and so that was really helpful on my healing journey too. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Really amazing. So then I guess the other component of this is uh, your relationship with Layla. Mm-hmm. You had a, am I saying that? Is it La- yeah, Layla? Layla. Yeah, Layla. Yeah, Layla, Layla. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking about how at one point you're kind of mapping out like, okay, if, if we did split, you know, like you're figuring out custody battles and all that kind of stuff. Um, what happened there? How did things turn around? I imagine as you're getting healing, like that's probably a huge part of it. But, um, but just what did that look like? Well, it's, it, it's a, it's years process of healing and, and rebuilding of trust. And, um, am I, at the end of the day for all of our marriages, what we're trying to find in our spouse is safety. Am I safe? Are you a safe person? Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's, that's like the core of all of it. Are you a safe person? And so when I pull away from my wife for a long period of time, what I'm really doing is telling her I'm not safe. I'm not a safe person. And she, in, in just natural instinct, would be to like, oh, I need to protect myself and my heart and my emotions because Jared is not a safe person at this point. And uh, a lot of people in that particular season were telling Layla, you should leave Jared. Like hmm. even friends and family were like, what, do, what are you doing? Like we hadn't, we hadn't been married that long. Our kids were young and they were just, they were just like, you could find Layla's a catch, man. Like she's, she's pretty and she's smart. And, and there's a, there a lot of dudes who would love to have her as their wife, you know? So I, I'm sure there were people convincing her like, you go, there are plenty of fish in the sea, you know, like yeah. you don't need to be with this guy. And what Layla said to them in that season was, I'm not going to leave Jared because God hasn't left me. And what she did by saying that was she gave them a glimpse of the gospel, but she also gave me a glimpse of the gospel that I could be fully known in all of my sin and shortcomings and brokenness. Nobody's seen the worst of me like Layla has. Um, And she could see all of that and still say, I'm with you. I'm not leaving you. I see all of who you are and I still love all of who you are. And that's gospel love, man, that the world would say bail, but she didn't bail because God didn't bail on her. So she's just channeling that gospel truth through her to me. And, uh, and then, and, that wasn't to say that it was all fluffy and she just forgot everything. I, I always tell guys like, you know, just because you've made a decision to get your life together um, doesn't mean you get to just erase all the consequences of your, the hurt you've caused in a, in a, in a day or a night, right? Like most of us mm-hmm. say, why are you bringing this up? I've heard so many guys say this. Why are you bringing this up? I've already told you, I'm sorry. I've already told you I'm over. I'm ready to get fixed, you know? So why are you bringing up the past? And that can really <laughs> frustrate guys. You know, yeah. your wife keeps bringing up the past when you've made a decision, you're over it and you're ready to change. But just because you've made that decision doesn't mean that hurt has gone away. And I really had to swallow my pride. I remember telling my wife, listen, if there's if there's things that you want to bring up that are hard, you have permission to do that, even though wow. it's hard for me to go back and relive some of that. 
um, I'm, I'm okay with you bringing it up. And, um, and so it took years for us to kind of restore trust where she could feel safe again. That's amazing, man. Amazing. Yeah. And I think you said it well, like it, it really does take time. Like trust does not heal overnight. It can be broken overnight, but it doesn't yep. heal overnight. Yeah. Um, and giving that kind of emotional space and safety is, uh, it's amazing. Amazing. You did that. So I'm, I'm imagining now like, okay, you've started this podcast. You're just kind of verbally vomiting and putting it out there and seeing what happens and whatever. Um, what, at what point did dad tired then become something maybe a little bit more formal where you're like, okay, I think I'm actually ready to, to do this on a full-time basis. Well, I think there was a, it got to the point where dad tired was growing so much, um, kind of in, in the middle of that, there was a publishers were asking if I would write books, you know, whenever wow. there's an audience, there's people who want to capitalize on an audience. Right. So, yeah. um, people start to come and say, Hey, will you write a book? Uh, will you, will you promote our X, Y, Z on the podcast? You know, all these things. And it started to feel very, um, you know, more formal, you know, I was, I, I'm getting asked to speak all the time and it's, it's quickly becoming a full-time ministry and beyond all of those things, which don't really matter. What, what actually was really cool is the stories of guys who are saying, man, this is changing my life. And so mm -hmm. it went from me just processing out loud to guys saying this ministry is helping me become the man God's called me to be for my family. Wow. And that's really where I started to feel like, okay, I've started to experience, I've gone through this for a few years now. I think God has been healing my heart and, and maturing me as a man. And so um, now I want to be a good steward of this ministry that God's given me. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to ramble in front of a microphone, but how can I use this ministry as a way to very intentionally help guys lead their family well? Yeah. And that's when I started to make the shift was like, I, I want to be, I want to be diligent um, with the, with the ministry that God's given me, that's even amazing. though I didn't ask for it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You pretty much did the opposite, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so cool. So uh, what does Dad Tired look like today then? So you still have a podcast going strong. Um, mm -hmm. Are you still blogging? And, and what what is, um, yeah, like how are guys getting involved and, and plugged in? What does it look like? Yeah, man, we're, we're doing a lot. So we uh, have the podcast. We also have a thing called the Family Leadership Program, which is a pretty intensive um, guys sign up for this. It, it costs money to sign up. And we do that on purpose because we we want there to be some level of buy-in. We think that when guys actually put their money where their mouth is, their heart is attached as we read in scripture, where your yeah. treasure is, your heart is also. And so when guys put some money down, their heart seems to follow after that. And uh, and we just, we spend time with them. It's pretty um, hands-on. We've got coaches and I personally involved with these guys and we limit it to 30 guys per month, but they come in and they just talk about what does it look like for me to be shaped by the gospel, my marriage to be shaped by the gospel, my family to be shaped by the gospel, and my work to be shaped by the gospel. Wow. So that's one of the things that we do. We've got books and conferences, and um, we're just starting now where we'll have local meetups around the world. So guys who are saying, I'll, I'll host these uh, dad-tired meetups in my city. Wow. Um, so lots of ways to for guys to get plugged in and resource to lead their family well. Yeah, that's really cool. What do you find is the biggest hole or the biggest void in um, in men's health? And I guess it, uh, like supporting dads, I, it sounds like clearly you've hit you've hit a, a demographic that I would say is under resourced. And um, you've talked a lot about you know giving emotional space in your marriage and what it looks like to kind of just man up and and swallow your pride. And I think you're hitting on a lot of things that that guys typically struggle with. But I'm just curious, you know. Um, what are you seeing? What do guys really need in this day and age to, to succeed, to be discipled well and to lead their families well? That's a, that's a, 
uh, so multifaceted, you know, question <laughs> and multi Lay it on me, man. Go, go for it. There's, there's so much there, but, um, you know, just off the top of my head, a, a few things, I think that we kind of, there was a season in the church. I've, I've seen this kind of wind down a little bit, but there was a, there was a season in the church world and evangelical world where kind of, we were calling men to step up, but it was very like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the proper, I was going to say toxic masculinity, but that's way too much of a hot phrase. Yeah, that, that, that's not what I'm talking about. It was like a, it was this, um, you know, just man up, get your act together, figure it out, pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of, you know, ah, you know, kind of like mentality. And yeah. a lot of guys, I think were turned off by that. Like, all right, you know, okay, I guess we'll, you know, I don't know what this means, but our men's ministries were basically like, let's eat steak and yell at each other. You know, that's kind of, was like the, the, the evangelical uh, a solution to our lack of men getting involved. And I think a lot of guys are just like, I don't, I don't know, my man, I don't really resonate with that. It doesn't really feel like that's me. Yeah. And ultimately what that became was behavior modification. So it was really big, like, like, Hey, let's just do accountability groups. But our accountability groups were really, let's meet at Starbucks. And then I'm just going to ask you, are you looking at porn? Have you cheated on your wife? Are you saying any cuss words, all this? And it didn't really feel like we were addressing any heart issues. It just felt like you were checking off my behavior and what mm. dude is going to sign up for that long-term? You know what I mean? Like that. Does, yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. I'm in, I'm going to take a Saturday, you know, every once a week and take my morning just to get bashed and checked on my behavior. Like no dude wants to do that. Yeah. And so I think what, what I've seen be so encouraging now is what, all, all guys are dealing with their thing, whether it's a pornography addiction, it's lust, it's anger, it's bad financial management, it's, uh, you know, you got a bad temper or you're drinking too much, whatever the thing is that you're dealing with. All of that comes back to the same root. And all of the root is, is men who are not satisfied in Christ. And so mm. we're looking for satisfaction in all these other areas. If I just had a boat, if I just had this new toy, if I just had this woman, whatever the thing is, but all of us are just craving satisfaction. So what I've been trying to do for the last five, six, seven years is just point guys back to the gospel. So we talk about dad stuff and we talk about husband stuff, but ultimately I want guys just to fully understand the good news of Jesus. It's not behavior modif modification. It's heart change. Dude, right now, you are deeply loved by the God of the universe. He is not running away from you because you are sinful. He has always had a reputation of drawing near to broken mess and messy people. And he wants to use you right now to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in your life, in your wife, in your kids, in your work, in your community. And if you really understood God's love for you as you are, it's going to change the way that you parent your kids and you love your wife and, and you, you see yourself at work in your community. So again, I, I think that we just need more guys to fully understand the gospel. Um, and it changes everything else. You're going to make me cry, man. That was, oh, man. That was beautiful. Yeah. Really well said. Um, I'm a little bit curious, like, so you're, we're years now into the establishment of dad tired and, um, everything's running full steam, which is amazing to see. Um, how do you find like managing, dad tired ministry uh you travel and speak uh you have just two is it just two kids still have four you now man oh you Double got oh geez oh, yeah, I know, dude. i'm literally i'm looking out my window because i see my second to oldest on pulling the young second to youngest on a wagon out front i'm like oh gosh 
hope that's going to end up okay. <laughs> yeah. if, if you got yeah, a bail, man, you, no, man you bail. Yeah. I think they're okay for right now. They just feel like they're filling themselves up with Otter Pops and just ice cream. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Parenting at its finest, ladies Exactly. And yeah. Mom's gone, so it's just me feeding the kids ice cream so I can do this interview. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, um, okay, so then, so what is it like? Like, how do you, um, how do you manage... I guess I, I love asking these kinds of questions. Like, how do you manage a ministry where the message of the ministry is that you're a tired dad, you're kind of fumbling your way through, which in some ways is the brilliance of it. Like, there's no pressure on you, right? Because you can yeah. just be the tired dad and you're good to yeah. go. Yeah. But how do you how do you manage that now? Like, the podcast is quite established. You've interviewed, um, you know, some really high profile people. You're speaking more. What What's it been like to still carry the authenticity of that message while still, you know, I would say honoring the scale that God's entrusted you with? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question, man. I, I think that there are a few things. Um, one, I try to bring my family with me to as many, because I'm traveling a lot. And so I want to bring my kids with me to as many things as possible. It just cool. doesn't make sense for me to travel the world uh, preaching a message about being a great dad and I'm never home, right? Like that, <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. So I try to bring somebody with me, either it's one kid, two kids, the whole family, with me as, as much as I can um, to live out that message. The other thing is, and I think this is most important for any guy who's listening, is learning how to say no to almost everything so that you're saying yes to the things that God has called you to. Yeah. And, and the, the key there is knowing what has God called you to. And so once you have, so in our ministry, we call that an Aspen and that's kind of a dumb and dumber reference. That was a movie I loved watching, you know, when I was a teenager. <laughs> that's um, an amazing reference. Yeah. But they're trying to get to Aspen. But the, the for us, we, we say, if you said that in our ministry, a lot of guys would know what we're talking about. Like, what is the destination that you're trying to get to? And the, the whole joke of that analogy is you end up in Nebraska, right? Because you took a wrong turn. <laughs> yeah. um, so for us, we want to say, what is your final destination? And for any guy listening, you have to very clearly lay out uh, and I, and on our program, we actually have guys write this out, like as, mm. as detailed as possible. My wife's an oncology nurse. So she walks people into their death on a daily and weekly basis, really intense stuff. So we actually talk about death a lot in our family. It seems morbid and weird, but it's very mo motivating because life mm. is super short, man. I don't care if you're 18 years old or you're 85 years old, all of us are going to be gone here shortly. And wow. so we write out like what at the end of our lives, what do we want? to be said about us and our legacy? What do I want to be said of my marriage and of my kids and my grandkids and hopefully my great, great grandkids, you know, if God gives me a life, a long life. And so we write that out and then we just slowly make our way backwards. And so if I have that destination in mind, I want to be an old man surrounded by my kids who love Jesus in a really healthy marriage. And I'm pouring out my time, wisdom, resources to the legacy and the family that I've left, you know, that I'm going to be leaving as I, mm -hmm. as I move out of this world. So if that's what my goal is, then today, what decisions do I need to make to help me get to that goal? And that means saying no to a ton of things. If you don't know what your destination is, um, other people will find it for you and they will make you be part of their destination and a wow. worker for their destination. Your boss is going to try to do that. People around you are going to try to do that. We'll just do this. And it's easy to say yes, because you don't really know where you're going. All right, I guess I'll do it. I guess I'll work overtime. I guess I'll take this thing. You're just kind of, you're taking every exit off of the freeway because you don't really know where you're going. But if I know where I'm going, I'm not taking exits. I'm not taking yeah. the exit to go talk to that woman. I'm not taking the exit to go work overtime on this job. I'm not taking the exit to do whatever because I know where I'm trying to go. 
And so uh, I say no to a lot of things, almost offensively, <laughs> like people get offended, you know, cause it's okay. good. People ask me to be part of good things. Jared, can yeah. you do this? Can you serve at this? Can you do this? No, sorry. Can't, yeah. don't have the time. If I say yeah. yes to you, it means I'm saying no to the things that I know God's called me to. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I, that message never gets old. Like I remember the first time somebody taught me that I was young and I was like, oh, cool. You think you got it. But then mm -hmm. it feels like as, you know, I, I don't know if it's the development of technology, everything's more interconnected, there's just more opportunity. Um, like it, I think saying no is something that we really struggle with um, yeah. at large. And I, I like the way you tied that to purpose. So I guess a follow-up question then is, if let's say there's a guy listening and he says, okay, Jared, that sounds great, but I don't really know my purpose or, or maybe they had their purpose figured out and like you, they encountered something along the way that's made them question their calling. Where, where do they get started? How do they kind of start to get a, an idea of what their purpose and calling might be again? Yeah. So not to sound overly churchy and cliche here, but uh, have you asked the Lord? Have you asked the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom? It's hard to know where God is mm -hmm. calling you to go if you never ask. Um, so what my wife and I do is we actually set aside time every year just to get together um, alone and to just ask God, where are you leading us over the next five years? And what does it look like for us to live some intentionality over the next five years? And as I get older, five years feels so short, just like five years, you know, so we, we do five-year blocks. It used to be one-year blocks, but that like flies by. So it's five-year blocks. And then, you know, we have our long-term, you know, when we're 60, 70, 80 years old, but um, and just sit down with your wife uh, and pray. So if you can get away for a whole 24 hours or more, that's ideal. I know it's hard for a lot of guys to do, but if you can plan it a year in advance and just say, we're going to get away for 24 hours or 36 hours and just be together and dream, God, here's how you've made my wife. Here's how you made me. Where are you calling us as a couple or as a family? And what does it look like to be used by you? And, and to ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. And I yeah. really believe he will. That's so good. So I'm curious because you've interviewed, as I mentioned earlier, you've interviewed some, you know, pretty well-known people in the Christian yeah. space and beyond as well. Yeah. Um, what, what's that been like? What are you, what are you learning as you kind of like, you're, you're speaking more. Um, I know you just spoke recently at the Promise Keepers event. I think if I got that right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and that's, it's just amazing, man. It's been amazing to see what God's doing with you mm -hmm. and, and the way things are kind of elevating. But I'm just curious, like, what's, what's it been like? You've interviewed people like Lecrae or Cody Carnes, you know, people that, that we listen to and we watch. And yeah. um, what, what's it been like kind of experiencing that? I would say it just a completely different dimension than how Dad Tired first started. Yeah, man. I w it's funny when I first started and I would interview these guys, I would literally get so nervous before, before I'd oh, interview really? them. Yeah. I was just like, oh man, I would like prepare and get all these questions prepared and do all this research. Now I'm, I kid you not, I do zero research or preparation <laughs> for these interviews and I found them to be way better um, because okay. it just, it feels way more natural conversation. I don't have an agenda. I have no yeah. agenda going in. I just want to like, what, wherever, wherever you're at today, let's talk about it. That's um, cool. And part of the reason I don't get nervous really at all anymore is, is because I've learned it doesn't matter how many letters are behind somebody's name or how much they've accomplished, how many Grammys they've awarded, what sports teams they play with. Dude, every dude is the same. Like every, <laughs> every dude's the same, man. They're all, yeah. every one of them is struggling. They're all trying to figure out what it looks like to be a man of God. Their context might be a little bit different, but they're, I mean, they really are just the same as you and I, like they're just, no, every guy is a normal dude. And in fact, the, I found the, 
the guys who are really like they've got huge names, you know, and they're really famous, you know, Lecrae, you know, just, yeah, everyone knows sure. in the Christian world, you've heard of Lecrae, even outside of the Christian world. Uh, massive guys like that seem to be really humble. And the guys who aren't that big, like they've got a little bit of a platform, seem to be really like Isn't way too, uh, yeah, they think, they think that they're, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know, they, they think way too highly of themselves. So uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that we've, I've just realized that every guy's the same, man. We're all struggling and trying to figure out what it looks like to be men of God, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's well said. Really well said. Um, what do you got on the horizon, man? Where's Where's Dad Tired going? We were talking about book writing before we hit record. Um, so I know you got a little something, something there. But um, but what else is is coming up for Dad Tired? Yeah, I think um, you know, I'm writing a, writing another book right now, which is hard and fun. But I think for Dad Tired, and again, I I don't want to over hype or think about my ministry, dude. We'll 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 come and go like, you know, yeah. God uses people. I'll be here and I'll be dead, you know, like <laughs> kingdom of God moves beyond me, you know? So dad tired, it's cool for now, but it won't be eventually, you know, it'll be, <laughs> it'll, it'll phase out and the kingdom moves forward, you know? So really what I want, man, is I want just to, to see as many guys fall in love with Jesus as possible. And for them yeah. to raise kids who love the Lord, we got a lot of weird stuff happening in our world right now. Um, and I think a lot of one of the one of the most significant things that we can do to see positive impact on humanity in our world in 2021 is to have dads step up and lead their families well. Wow. Dads who love Jesus and who'd want their kids to love Jesus. Man, if if we had a millions of dads doing that, things are just going to look different. And and the funny thing is, like even secular stats prove that out. Education is better. Crime rate goes down. Communities flourish. Yep. Like, uh, less people end up in jail. Like all the things are just better when dads stick around. And so, yeah, dad tired, we're, we're doing that, but dad tired will come and go. I just, I want more and more dads to, to be in love with Jesus. So, uh, we'll keep figuring that out the best that we can, uh, in the future and find more ways. It might be books or conferences or meetups or whatever, but at the end of the day, we just want men to fall in love with Jesus. I love it, man. Love it. So if people want to get in touch, they want to get discipled by you or just find out more about Dad Tired, uh, what's the best way for them to do that, Jared? Yeah, I think dadtired.com. Hang out on Instagram a lot. I, I personally, uh, you know, you can shoot me a message there, but probably dadtired.com is the best way to see all the stuff we're doing. Perfect. Um, so last question, Jared, you're, you're talking to an audience who is looking, to, um, you know, they're looking to grow as men as fathers, um, they want to become more like Jesus. They want to get more freedom in their lives. And we talk a lot about, you know, sexuality and um, yeah. overcoming pornography, lust, all that kind of stuff. I'm just curious if you have anything to offer in, in that realm from what you're seeing with the guys you're working with. Um, you know, this issue's everywhere, as, as we it's know. Um, I don't know, you got any, any top tips or any words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, man. Well, so here, I'd say a few things on that. Number one, I always throw out this fake statistic when I'm when I'm teaching uh, at conferences, I always say 99% of guys admit to struggling with pornography in some shape or form, and 1% right. lie. Uh, so like, <laughs> every dude is in some shape or form, every guy has dealt with this. So first, just know, like, if you feel like oh, I'm the only one, I can't really bring this up. Dude, I've, I've sat with pastors, I've sat with major church leaders, I've sat with all kinds of men. And I can assure you, Every man is dealing with this at some level. So that should just like free you to like, okay, I'm not, a, I'm not the only one being attacked here. Um, mm. So hopefully there's some of that. The other thing I would say is the, the scriptures say that 
uh, if we confess our sins to Christ, that he's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, right? So we are, when we confess our sins to God, we are healed. That's good news, dude. Like you are healed. I'm sorry. You're forgiven. You're forgiven. Mm. Like God has forgiven you. He doesn't love a future version of you or who you're going to become in five years. Or once you kick all these habits, then God loves you. God loves you exactly as you are right now. He saved you knowing this would be your story right now. And he still loves you deeply. You are forgiven when you confess sin. But uh, James says, if we confess our sins to each other, we'll be healed. So confessing to God Uh brings forgiveness. Confessing to a brother or somebody else brings healing. So some of guys listening right now, dude, you're forgiven and you can just walk around forgiven that, which is um, praise God, that's good news, but you don't feel healed yet. And so maybe the healing will come when you actually confess to somebody else, another brother, uh, or, you know, I'll let you process that. And you're such a great resource on this topic better than I am even. And so, you know, help guys figure that out, but there is such healing that comes through confession. Again, it's Mm. a gift to confess that we might receive healing. Um, and the last thing I would say is this, man, when your wife knows if you're married, if, when your wife knows all of who you are and decides to love all of who you are, you get to experience Jesus at a, at a level that you may not be experiencing him now. Um, and so when you, when you tell your wife, Hey, there's nothing you can do. That's going to make me leave you. I'm with you, whatever, whatever God's trying to shape in you and do in you and take all your brokenness. I'm here for it. Like I'm, I'm with you till we die. And I'm going to partner with God to see you become all of who he wants you to become. And when she says that to you and you guys give each other the freedom to be all of who you are in your brokenness, you experience a more full picture of the gospel. So I would just, all of that's a gift, man. There's no shame in any of that. It's a gift. We confess our shame, our sin, and we even put out our, like, look how broken I am because it just reflects of how amazing the gospel is. So confess freely, repent often, um, be fully known and fully loved. It'll be a gift to you. Wow. That was really well said. Really well said. Jared, thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, just sharing your wisdom here. It's been a real pleasure having you, man. So fun, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody. Well, that was my interview with Jared Lopes from Dad Tired. As you can see, Jared is a class act. Um, Just so humble, so down to earth. I mean, guys, if you go check his stuff out, and you look at his podcast, like he is for real, like he has interviewed some major, major players. And, um, you know, he was humble enough to just uh, give a, a solid hour of his time um, to, to honestly, he gave some great advice. He was counseling me a little bit, um, just as I'm kind of getting ready to release a book. And, uh, and then to give a, a really quality interview. So I, I just can't speak well enough about this guy. Please go check him out go check out Dad Tired. Um, I would say especially if you're a dad, obviously, but I think even if you're a husband and you're planning to have kids one day, uh, he has some great stuff out there. And you know, you heard him talk, like the essence of his message is helping people become better disciples of Jesus. So he just does it so well. And um, yeah, I'm just honored. I'm, I'm honestly just honored that uh, that he would give me some time. So that was really cool. Um, and if you're a guy and you're struggling with porn, uh, you may be related with some of Jared's story, understanding that you need to get some professional help, some community. You know, those are the two things he talked about in his burnout state. And um, if you're looking to get that kind of uh, support, I really encourage you to uh, connect with our team. You, that, you can do that at sathiasam.com. And if you haven't yet, uh, please check out ultimaterecoveryguide.com. And this is where you're going to get access to a free handbook on the five best practices to recover from porn. Um, 
I can pretty much guarantee if you even take one of the practices and you start applying it to your life every day for 30 days, you will notice a dramatic shift in your heart and in your behavior. These are like some of my best pearls of wisdom, uh, all crammed into a little handbook. And like I said, you can get it free of charge at ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Hey, lots of love to you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day and we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.